1: Good afternoon and welcome to this episode of the Other Helmet Podcast. Today we have a special guest, one of the APDFL's top 50 who decided to pick up the headset and join his beloved Tuskegee Airmen on the sidelines as a defensive coordinator. Quentin Patrick, good afternoon, Coach. How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm all right, man. How does a player go from being considered one of the league's best to retirement. Like you're still young. Like what was the thought process going into that?
0: Oh, uh, man. Uh, once you play football, man, it's just, you say you're young with age, but, you know, as playing, it kind of make you a little older, man. When you play the position, that I play middle linebacker and uh, running back. Uh, you know, you take a lot of beating, uh defensive tackle. So, um I just, you know, I mean, last year I actually coached on the field. I called the plays all year, so uh, that was kind of it was an easy transition, actually.
1: Now, what has the off season been like for you? Where you, you know, in years past you were getting ready for the regular season, trying to get it in shape, trying to get it right, but now you're like, it's a different, it's a different mindset.
0: How have you adjusted? Um, uh, I adjusted pretty good, man. Uh. Uh, been kind of tough on my guys, uh, you know, I, I hold everybody accountable. Uh, like I said, uh, being on the field last year and just, you know, having to call players or whatever, it kind of – it's really just been kind of easy for me, you know. Now, what's the one thing that you thought
1: about the offseason that you would miss about being on the field?
0: Uh, hidden. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I love the hit. Uh, I kinda like the tone setter, no matter what team I played for. Everybody know, uh, you know, 5 or 32, you come with a big hit somewhere in, during the game. So, it had to be really hitting. Now, the airmen have
1: loaded up, and they have recruited a lot of phenomenal talent. Who's the one player that you're looking for with the most coaching on defense?
0: Oh, it's kind of hard to choose just one, man, because, uh, you know, a lot of my old guys, and with some of the new additions, if I had to choose just one, Uh i have to go with Mark Battle, uh, my safety. What makes him the one. Really, he just, he can play any position. Um, He don't give me no, you know, uh, back talk or anything. Uh, If I tell him to play outside linebacker or something like that, he gonna do it. So, uh, I mean, he's kind of got like like my star guy this year. So, you know, you'll probably see him at more than just safety this year.
1: Now, who's gonna take your spot in the middle on the defense? Like, you played a pivotal role, people consider you the heart and soul of that airman defense. Who takes your spot this year? Hey,
0: uh no no nobody other than they will, man. Um uh, I don't know if anybody knew, but mm-hmm. if they don't know, you know, well they know now. Uh instead of getting me in the middle, got they will in the middle. Now teams were used to
1: playing the airmen and having you play – both ways all the time, like, from a conditioning standpoint, is there anybody on the current roster that could possibly play both ways during the whole game?
0: Uh, it's a couple guys, man. Mark Dotto, uh, T. Smith. Uh, uh, let me see. Pat can go both ways if he want to. No, it's a couple guys, man, a couple of low-key guys. I ain't going to call their names out because everybody kind of going to be looking for them. You guys, though. Now, how have you managed to kind of
1: develop your coaching style? Do you see yourself as a motivator, an X's and O's guy, or a little bit of both?
0: Um, a little bit of both, man. Cause you know, once if if guys see you on film and guys that play with you, like you know, if they know you you're doing the things that you're telling them to do. So I mean, they going they gonna take up, you know, they are gonna take on. Everything you ask of them because they know you did it or they've seen you do it. So it's not like I'm just telling them to do something that I haven't did or, you know, I'm not coaching them nothing on situations I haven't been in because I've been in those same situations.
1: Now you also played running back and was one of the league's best at that position too. Who, who takes over in the backfield for the airmen?
0: Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Vince. Guy came from. Ice. I think he came from. Yeah, I think he came from Chilton County last year. I think. Yeah, cause he played with you guys a couple years ago, right? Yeah, I didn't play on that team, but he was a running back that year. All right. Now,
1: when you see his style, which is more of a a banging like downhill guy, when you you have the ability to make guys miss and also be able to lower the shoulder, what does that do for the psyche and spirit of the team
0: when you see somebody who runs as hard as you did and as he does? Man, hey, it pumps me up, man. I can't lie, man. We was at practice a couple times, and, you know, I'm coaching the defense. But, I mean, the way he was running the ball, man, I was like, man, hey, we got some good over there. And then, I mean, with the offensive line we got, uh, I think guys going to be in trouble this year, man. A lot of people ain't really, you know, looking forward to playoffs because they think it's the same old airman, but uh, I think you no, know, it's gonna be some some special this year.
1: Now, when the Airmen have struggled, you know, last year you were the one to hold them together and hold it together. How does that translate to now becoming the defensive coordinator? Like you were the heart and soul of that entire team. Now you're the the spark that will lead the defense as far as a coaching standpoint. How does that transition work?
0: Man, oh. Uh, just like I said earlier, man, I can talk to anybody on that field, from running back to tight end to offensive line, middle linebacker, D tackle. I played outside linebacker last year for the first time in my career. Uh Guys just take the coaching, man. Like, so, I mean, if anything happening wrong, I could talk to an offensive guy. He going to listen to me. He's going to understand because he's like, okay, I know he's been in this position. He can't be telling me nothing wrong. So, you know, it really, I mean, everything has been kind of easy. But, you know, with new with newer players, it's kind of different. But with guys that already played with me, guys, I knew a lot of these guys, we played high school ball together. So, you know, it's kind of easy when it comes to those guys. But with the newer guys, like I tell them they go, or they go look at my fam or something like that, they'd be like, okay, well, yeah, Coach, you know what he's talking about.
1: Now, as someone who has played for a, for a long time, you don't turn 30 until – September of next year, you turn 29 in September of this year. How much yeah. you think you got left? And do you think that you have
0: kind of given up the football aspect and sticking to coaching? Oh, uh, I ain't going to lie, man. It ain't over with. It ain't over with. I just, you know, a couple years ago, I took me a year off before I came back and played with EAP. I was at, I actually hadn't played in like a year and a half before I came back that year. So, um, uh, I ain't going to lie, it ain't over with, but I think I'm going to come back, you know, as a running back or whatever instead of just playing defense. Uh Kind of just want to do something different, man. I get tired of doing the same thing. Get kind of bored. Today.
1: Now, what's the one game that you're looking most forward to outside of the first one?
0: <laughs> man, oh, uh, I ain't going to lie. uh that Thrasher game, I know that's going to be a big game for us. 'cause them guys I know them guys got a lot of talent over there. And it's really gonna show us where we at. Um, those guys and the Blackhawks. Uh I don't really know too much about the newer teams, but uh Blackhawks and Thrashers kinda the, the two big games for me to see where we at, you know, with this new team and, you know, kind of get together with new players and communication or whatever.
1: Now you're in Auburn, Alabama.
0: How does someone living in Auburn, Alabama, cheer for the Crimson Tide? How does that work? Man, look, uh, my whole house divided, man. My whole family like that, like not even just in my house. Uh, my mom's an Alabama fan, my big sister Alabama fan, and me. And then you got my dad's an Auburn fan, my little brother's an Auburn fan, and then my little sister. So, like, you know, I got an uncle that's an LSU fan. Like, you know, we all just don't like the same thing. We're so competitive as a family. Like you know, we cheering against each other in the houses. Like even we ain't all on the same side. <laughs> now walking around Auburn and just going through the town, when Alabama
1: has won the last few, how does that go over with folks in the town? Is it quiet
0: after those games, or are people upset, or still bitter, or how does that work? Oh no, nah, man! Uh, if anybody ever been to Auburn, Alabama, uh. It's never quiet. I don't care if they lose by 30 against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Oh, uh, downtown, it's gonna jump every time. They don't care about no loss. Uh, but like right now, with them winning basketball stuff like that, it definitely gonna jump. But still, it don't matter if Alabama beat them by 50. Auburn is gonna, they gonna do their thing out there. I ain't even gonna lie to you. And I'm gonna be right down there with them. Who is your favorite Alabama player of all time? Of all time. I'm going to have to go to uh, Dante Hightower. That's a good one.
1: That's a good Who's the one Alabama player you thought that would be better but didn't turn out to be that, that way in the pros? Like, who, who disappointed you when they went to the NFL? Like, who just didn't live up to their hype?
0: Trent Richardson, man. There's got to be Trent Richardson.
1: That was tough because I thought that he would be – as good. He just, he was a step slow and it wasn't there. Now, does your Alabama fandom also translate to basketball or is just mainly a football guy?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I like basketball, too, man. I'm not really into it, like, as far as I know all the players. You know, I know a couple guys that played there. Uh, one guy I played against, Rodney Cooper. I actually played against him in high school. And, man, his dad actually a friend, so that's how I really know him. But I really don't know a lot of guys. But, yeah, I, I mean, Terry, I was three-star uh Every athlete, man, I play basketball, football, baseball. So anything with Alabama, I like Explain
1: to people who are from other states
0: who like to say that their states have the
1: best athletic talent. Explain why Alabama has the best athletic talent.
0: Man, I think because we don't have a pro team, people really just think that, you know, their state is better than ours. But I ain't going to lie, man, Florida and Georgia, them guys got some athletes, man. But it's like, you know, different states bring – different things like to any team if you combine all them players that bring a different thing to the team so i mean you know we kind of bring the all-around thing because you might get a guy one year he might just be speed The next year he might be power you never know what you're gonna get from an alabama guy but you know what you cannot leave other states.
1: now if you look at the state as far as football in general and there are three sections the north part with pretty much like huntsville central which is like the middle of the state Southern, um, the uh, mobile area. Which state? Which part of the state has the best football talent?
0: Um, I'm kind of do- towards the the south. I would guess. Well, me, mid- I don't know. Tuskegee, where's that? Like towards, middle? Uh, middle? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: I would say the middle, but I would say like up north or whatever kind of have like better coaches and better systems. So you know that plays a, a real good role too, because. I mean, not all the athletes. Just because you got good athletes, don't mean you just, you know what I'm saying, just going to be that good. Because you got to have a system and a coach. If you could go back and give your 18 year old self
1: pieces of advice, what would they be?
0: Man, um, control your attitude. Uh, most people see me now, man, as a you know 28 year old kid playing football or whatever. They don't understand, like, as when I was 18, like, I had a real bad attitude, which I was like, when I was like 16, my coaches told me that my attitude was going to be like my downfall, which it really was. And I didn't understand it until I got maybe 21, 22. So if I had to go tell myself something, it had to be control your attitude, man.
1: What changed?
0: Me just being humble, like being in a situation, uh, I went to see him in College. So, uh, when I got there, I like red shirted, uh, kind of messed up with my grades or whatever, which it kind of humbled me because it showed me that, like, nobody's going to give you anything. And, like, when I did get my grades back up, the coach kind of didn't give my scholarship back. So, like, that's what made me just really be humbled to the fact that I knew, like, sometimes you can mess up with an opportunity and then it probably won't come back to you in that kind of form. So now that's why I kind of take pride in it, you know. Like, like doing this semi-pro thing because it's like I felt like that was my new opportunity. There's a lot of kids, like back at home and stuff, man, It's a lot of kids that I talk to and, you know, they see me at the games and stuff like that. They kind of look up to me. So it's like I talk to young guys and tell them all the time, man, control your attitude and, you know, don't miss a chance, be humble, you know, because at the end of the day, <clears throat> I never understood when my coach was telling me like, yeah, you might be good. Now as on our team you might be the best linebacker, but when you go to college, I mean, it's going to be ten of y'all. Y'all going to have to compete. So uh, the only thing that really changed, man, was me going through something to be humble. Now
1: that you get to pass that knowledge along to to young kids and this younger generation,
0: do you think they are a little more hard-headed than yours was? Yeah, man, they're a little more – they're a little hard-headed, man. I ain't going to lie. And then, you know, uh, like with right like now, I'm coaching Jay Will. Uh He's a little hard head man, but he's a great player, though. You know, but him being a little younger, you know, I had to talk to him a few times or whatever. And then I just really understood that, like, okay, the younger guy's a little more hard head. You got to really talk to them more than one time, you know. Kind of be hard on them too. Now, when we come back, I want to talk about the food aspect because you do post
1: pictures of, of your food. And apparently everyone, <laughs> everyone in Alabama can cook, but that's after this break. You're listening to the Under Podcast and the FPC. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean.
0: Ships Registry Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in zero sugar. So grab a Pepsi wild cherry and get wild.
1: We are back with our podcast and speaks with Patrick coach, Patrick, you are a good cook apparently. And apparently everybody in your family can cook. Everybody said the Alabama can cook. What is your go-to meal?
0: Man, my go-to meal is got to be chicken. Man, I'm a hell of a cook with that chicken. Uh, it's just something about it. I can grill it, bake it, fry it, however you want the chicken, I can do it. It's just my go-to. I love chicken, man. Now, what is the one thing that folks in Alabama eat that you just are not a fan of? Um, to be honest, man, like chillings. I don't really too much care for the chillings. Even though I'm from the country, man, I eat stuff like net bones and, you know, stuff like that, oxtails. But it's just the chitlins. I don't really. I feel like if I'm gonna eat that, I might as well eat some like octaves or something like that. I just don't really have a taste for the chitlins, man. Yeah, I just I can't I can't with chitlins.
1: Now, yeah. when you see when you have gone to somebody's house or be at a party or cookout barbecue, and you see the food is sideways, how long
0: do you stay before leaving? Oh. Uh, it's probably going to be a minute, to be honest, because I'm going to get over there and get to drinking or something like that. I mean, I might not eat, but, you know, it's probably going to be a little minute. i say maybe a good hour or so. I'm going to just ease my way on up out of there. What is the best place for breakfast
1: in Auburn? Like the best little diner, mom-and-pop type of restaurant? What's the best little place?
0: Uh, Probably Another Broken Egg. I think that's the name of it. What's their... Best dish. and they got everything. They got, like, from shrimp and grits to, you know, uh, omelets. Uh, they really got anything you want, like chicken and waffles. They just, whatever you want, they got it. Now, what is the dessert of choice? For me, mm, it's got to be red velvet cake, man. i would eat a whole cake if I could. I can't lie to you.
1: I can't. My
0: favorite. I can't.
1: <laughs> and they I got to
0: have the pecans in it, too.
1: Oh, I never tried. Oh, that sounds kind of interesting. Now, last question. You got the Bengals and the Rams this Sunday in the Super Bowl. Who you got,
0: what score, and why? I got the Rams. I say the Rams by seven. And the reason being uh, – I don't know. I just don't think the Rams offense is going to be able to hold up. I mean, the the Bengals offense, I don't think they're going to be able to just hold up with the Rams defense. Uh, if they can't score no points, I really feel like it might get out of hand, but I'm still kind of surprised that the Bengals, that's kind of weird saying the Bengals in the Super Bowl.
1: Now, that's the Tuskegee Airmen face the East Alabama Predators Saturday, February 26th at 2 p.m. the that- 2022 Commissioner's Kickoff Classic. Coach Quentin Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you, man. This has been another episode of the Unahummit Podcast. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?